Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, welcome to the show. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. And thank you for being here with me as we wrap up this week on the issue of trust. And we have talked at great length about this issue of trust and what it is, how it's established, how it's torn down, what are the three constructs of trust, our capacity for trusting, our perception of competence, and the perception of intentions. And that is the three constructs of trust. And we talked a lot about trust really can only be established when it's based on and in truth. And I ended yesterday by reminding you that if I am truthful with me, truthful with God, and I don't hide from me and I don't hide from God, then I'm going to recognize much more quickly if someone is trustworthy because I'll feel it more in my gut. It won't be what, it won't be just the words I'm listening to. It will be the, the, the aura. It will be the aroma of this person. And it will be easier for me to recognize and perceive competency and perceive intentions with people because I know my own and I know my own level of competency And I'm trustworthy enough to say, hey, I'm not competent in that area. I would love to do that for you, but um, I don't feel as competent, and I would like to refer you to somebody or encourage you to check someone else out because I – and that instills trust in people. That's That's a level of honesty that is not disparaging of me that actually builds me up. That causes me to be a person of virtue. And we talked a lot about the fact that when we are able to trust, the virtue that comes from trust is hope. And that we first want to start with the Lord. And so truth is the basis for psychological health and wholeness, as is trust. The more truth we have, the more we're able to trust. And so the first stage of psychological development in all humans is this trust versus mistrust. And that's a foundational piece for all humans. And, and usually when someone um, comes into therapy and I start working with them, I usually have to go back that far because we were raised by mistake-making humans and fallen people that had their own issues as they were growing up. And they have their own holes in their soul. And they have their own areas of insecurity, incompetency, and wanting to hide from their selves. And so we we want to really work on that forgiveness piece. And I I said yesterday, I want to encourage you to go to the website and check out the, the week that we did on forgiveness and forgiving God, self, and others, and how important that is in really being able to determine the level of trust I have with people. Some people I trust more than other people, and that isn't a judgment. That's simply an issue of competency and intentions. And so that's part of me being responsible with me 
instead of doing the more childlike issue, which is black or white. I either trust you or I don't. So think about the power of trust is immeasurable. Think of the power of Adolf Hitler because people believed in him. Think of the power of the enemy, of Satan, what, what, the power he has over you when you believe in him, when you believe his lies. In contrast, think of the power you give a child when you believe in them, when you believe in their potential and their abilities. How empowering it is when you trust a friend, when you trust your spouse, your partner, and they trust you. Everything is built on trust. That's the foundation. That's why God constantly says he's not a God that lies. He is trustworthy. He is competent, and his intentions are always for our good. So he wants to increase our capacity to trust him. While he's working on maybe decreasing capacity for trusting others. Now, I'm not talking about everybody. I don't want you to be suspicious and always skeptical, thinking the worst before you find out if it's good, because that really doesn't protect us. But we want to have balance. So we want to really say, you know, I may need to scale this back a little bit with this person. I may need to take them a little bit more at face value and just say, you know, they can be fun to talk to, they can be fun to hang around with, but uh, I need to maybe not trust them as much as I thought I could. And that isn't a slight to them. That actually is going to set them up to succeed with you. When I have appropriate expectations for people, now, if they exceed those, if they grow and change, then I'm going to grow and change with them. I'm going to say, hey, wow, they're, they're really becoming a, an amazing person. And then there are some people I think, you know, maybe I can't trust them as much as I thought. And that is not judgment in terms of me judging that person. That's just me using good judgment so that if I want to protect that relationship, I need to have appropriate expectations so that I have less things to forgive. One of the most valuable things I teach my patients is the issue of trust. I teach them how to trust, who to trust, when to trust, how much to trust, how to keep on trusting, and how to be a trustworthy person. So, I mean, we all know what it feels like when trust is broken. We know what it feels like if we have broken trust with another. So more than anything, I want to give you a chance to be a trusting person to be able to trust again, as well as being trustworthy. So this time, with some wisdom, so as to get the payoff of trusting with healthy risk-taking, not blind trust. So what happens when I don't trust? When I won't take a risk and trust God or another person? Well, without trust, I, can't, I cannot fully receive or feel love or authentically give or receive love. Why would that be? Well, because withholding, second-guessing, being paranoid, suspicious, all of that as a way to protect myself, when I don't really realize that is only sabotages the effects of healthy trust. When I'm not able to healthfully trust, I cannot truly feel hopeful or confident. See, when I'm always guarding myself, 
I'm going to always look at how that person's going to hurt me. And when I do that, I'm going to get a different version of that person. And I'm going to misperceive what they're doing. And then we're going to have to go back and correct it and unwind it. And that's a lot of extra work. So what we want to do, this gray area, is I gauge trust. And trust takes time. I don't just blithely give my trust to someone I just met. I get to know them. I see if there's consistency. I see if their word means something, if it can be trusted. So when I can't feel hopeful about a person, because remember, the virtue of trust is hope, then I'm going to constantly second guess and doubt that person. I'm going to inhibit my relationships. See, my sense of belonging and the resulting feeling is that I am not truly wanted or liked. This is what happens. I'm going to constantly be seeing if I'm okay. And it will struggle. That relationship will struggle with fulfillment. It will struggle with connectedness. And it will struggle. I will struggle with feeling content. I won't be able to relax. I relax on an airplane. Why can't I relax with my best friend? What's going on there? An airplane maybe is far more dangerous if it crashes than, than my friend. Except my friend can hurt me more deeply in a different manner than an airplane crash. So when I struggle with trust, I don't feel pleasure or pain appropriately. And see, life becomes very unidimensional. This is really how people under the age of 12 feel. There are no shades of gray. So when I'm attempting to trust, and I'm young, and all I'm worried about is getting hurt, I'm going to need that person to be perfect. See, little kids need their parents to be perfect in order to feel safe. So they will have a tendency to deny the imperfections and make it be about themselves. And they will think, my parents are perfect, so if I'm not getting my needs met, there must be something wrong with me. So we want to first remember that we're no longer infants or children. If you're listening to this show, I'm sure that you're probably an adult of age. So for people that are adults, trust is now a choice versus children who have to trust. And experience trust is a given. They just automatically trust because what else are they going to do? They have to trust you. They can't live on their own. So when trust is broken, it's not perfect, which is inevitable to some degree, then we know our past does not have to define or determine our future. So if we have had lots of bad experiences with humans, we can heal from those. We can let the past truly be the past. And when God says in Isaiah 43, verse 13, forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. I'm doing something new. We can trust God and say, do I really want to let my past define my present and my future? Now, we want wisdom. Absolutely. I have learned a lot from my past, which makes me a wiser person as I interact with other people. But if I let my past be my present, then it begins to determine my future. So I want to be careful that I let history truly be history. 
not something that I'm actively looking for in my present. We have a choice to learn to trust well. We have a choice to heal when trust is broken. And we as adults have a choice as to how much intimacy I have with any given person because intimacy is earned. I tell this to patients every day. Every day I earn your intimacy. Every time I handle a phone call, if I don't return a phone call, every time I, I, I run the payment or I, and I do it if, if it's not right, it's how I handle it. It isn't me being perfect. It's how I handle the issue that I'm a mistake-making person. The more responsibility I take for it, the less I make excuses for it, the more I give appropriate information and I say, hey, you know, I don't like how I handled that. Or, wow, I missed that. You're right, you did call me and I did not call you back like I said I would. I'm really sorry for that. What do I need to do to fix that? That means I'm a trustworthy person, not a perfect person. So the issue of trust is a choice for adults. So when we think about this saying through the eyes of a child, childlike trust, I want you to know, childlike trust is solely reserved for our Heavenly Father, for Jesus, the Savior of our souls. They are the, the, the triune is the only entity that deserves implicit, unquestioning trust that I can trust God implicitly. But I don't do that with humans. Humans are humans. So let's look at what it means to be an adult and trust. See, adults don't have to live in the black and white world where things are either all or nothing, good or bad. As in, I either trust you completely or not at all. See, we should never put another adult in the position to be perfect. It's a recipe for failure. And a childlike, childish belief is that I must be perfect to be loved, to be trustworthy. Trustworthiness and perfection do not go hand in hand. You see, truly, I don't have to be perfect to be trusted. Because trustworthiness is more about responsibility and about accepting failure and fixing it. It's not about being perfect. And so when we consider and develop your own levels of trust as we work on that, you need to ask yourself, how quickly do I trust? What do I trust this person with? How much history is necessary for differing levels of information? You know, like, how long do I need to know this person before I disclose certain things? So maybe I disclose some things in the beginning and I get to know them. We establish some trust. They seem trustworthy. I may take a few more risks. Because remember, trust is earned. And it's consequently treasured. Trust is earned. We earn trust. It's not a given. And it's not a right. It's earned. This is why trust is so treasured. So this means if I mess up, I should be allowed to earn back trust and in a realistic manner. So depending on how deep or big the transgression, that's going to have everything to do with how long it may take me to earn it back. But if I am committed to earning it back and I don't let my ego get in the way 
and I'm willing to be humble and not humiliated, that never helps anybody, then I can earn back trust and I can be even more trustworthy than I was prior to the transgression because of how I handled the mistake. You see, adults recognize and understand that trusting people is a risk. I can't tell you how many times in sessions I say to people, relationships, humans, they're all a risk. And we are willing to take the risk because the reward can be so great. But it is a process of learning and it is a process of growing. So it's important that we remember that trusting people is a risk. God risks on us, and God calls us his friends. He says, you're a friend of God. He takes risks on people he knows are not always trustworthy. So in relationships, I need to acknowledge that I will be hurt, and I will have times of disappointment. I will be upset. I might be disoriented. I might be confused. I might uh, be thrown off track. But I need to remind myself that this is what it's like being in relationship with, with other humans. And so I need to be adult enough to forgive as well as be willing to accept forgiveness when I have messed up. Because remember, Christ has forgiven you. Christ has forgiven me. One of the things that's most important for us as we are dealing with this issue of trust, uh, one adult to another, is what are my non-negotiables? These are the things that I say, they're forgivable. I can forgive you because we must always forgive. But forgiveness does not always mean the restoration of intimacy. See, the expectation is, well, if you forgive me, then you have to be in relationship with me. And there are some transgressions that are not able to, you're not able to come back from. And we need to respect that. So I can forgive you and not wish bad things on you, not walk around with hate, not walk around with distrust and an ongoing hurt so that it messes up my other relationships, right? I can forgive you, but I may not be willing to have intimacy. See, non-negotiables may be forgivable, but they may no longer be relational. And so this means I must understand the shades of gray and be thankful that as an adult, I have a choice as to who I trust, how much I trust, and if I even want to trust, and if I am willing to restore trust. So let's look at what are some major indicators of a trustworthy person. Well, number one, like we've talked about, trustworthy people take responsibility for their mistakes, for their trespasses. And they find out from the person that they transgressed what that person needs in order for the trust to be restored. Not what I want to give them, but what do you need? What would make sense to you? What matters to you? What would fix this? What would heal this? Secondly, a trustworthy person is humble. They're able to apologize without excuses or blaming something else. Now remember, we've talked on this show before about the difference between an explanation and an excuse. And when we're restoring trust, sometimes explanations can be very, very helpful. But we can't ever cross over to making excuses for why we did what we did. 
there really are no excuses. And we're not allowed to blame somebody else or something. But we are allowed to explain if that's appropriate. So let's look at number three, an indicator of a trustworthy person. They manage their own defensiveness. So you have to remember, you, you and I both know, if I have hurt someone, if I've transgressed, if I've made a mistake, and they're mad at me, and they may be saying things to me that cause me to want to get defensive, like I may want to defend myself. Now, I'm not, I'm not talking about somebody verbally abusing you or emotionally abusing you. I'm not talking about that. It doesn't help anybody to try to make somebody pay for what they've done. That never fixes anything. But I have to be very careful about getting defensive. I have to recognize I'm the one in the wrong. And the sooner I take responsibility for it and let them air grievances, let them tell me how they feel, and I am willing to hear it and strong enough to hear it, I've already started fixing it. So a trustworthy person also feels bad. They care that they hurt you. It keeps them up at night. It bothers them about themselves that they may have done something that would harm someone else. This is a trustworthy person, someone that cares that they hurt, that they hurt another person. So think about that. When you're interacting in your relationships, you tell someone that you got your feelings hurt, and they're like, yeah, I, I, I don't really get that. And they minimize it. Or they don't seem to even have a feeling about it. It's like, yeah, I don't know. What do you want me to do about it? Okay, this is not necessarily a relational person not a very trustworthy person. You don't want to give your heart to people that don't take that seriously and recognize what it means when someone gives their heart to another. So lastly, an indicator of a trustworthy person, they take seriously what hurts you. It may not hurt them, but in your world, the way you are made, the way God has engineered you, maybe that hurts you, and I need to respect that, even if it doesn't always make sense to me. So I want you to ask yourself, you know, do I trust God? Do you trust God? And what are the areas needing that you need to work on? And what inhibits your ability to do this? I want you to ask yourself, do I trust myself? See, this is major in trusting God and others. I might project onto God and other people the areas that I'm not trustworthy. So what needs growth for me to be a trustworthy person? Do I lie to myself? Do I break my own rules? Do I trust others? And what makes it difficult for me to trust others? This is what I want you to ask yourself. Can I be trusted? Can I be trusted with your hurts? Can I be trusted with information? Can I be trusted with responsibility? Can I be trusted with your feelings? Can I be trusted with your secrets? How trustworthy am I? So it's natural for humans to want to trust others first before they trust themselves. And certainly before they trust an entity like God, which is intangible. This is why we are kind of upside down and backwards. So I want you to trust God first. Learn to trust you and be a trustworthy person with yourself. You will be better able to recognize trustworthy people and you'll be much better for them. I hope this has been helpful. 
And I want to make sure that you go to the website at CynthiaHyatt.com and listen to the shows in its entirety. Have a wonderful week. And next week, we are talking about stop playing it so safe and healthy risk-taking. So God bless you in your day. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T dot com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.